1 Samuel 30, verse number 3, the Bible says, So David and his men came to the city. Behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Do thank you for these fellows, Lord. I thank you for the time that we've had, Lord. I thank you for the message that we heard earlier. Very strong, very helpful things that we heard, Lord. Help us to take it to heart, to remember it, and to use it in our lives. I pray you would help me to do that and all of us. And thank you for the fun that we had and just uh, hanging out and um, playing ball and all that, Lord. We thank you for that. But God, we need your touch now. I do need your help. I pray you would get this across to these fellas. I know it's late, Lord. I know all, all the different things going on. But God, please take control of this time. Um, give me the right words and thoughts and spirit. Help me to get it across in a, in a timely fashion, Lord. But God, help it to be a blessing and a help to each one of these guys, Lord. And I pray you would please do that, that you would be honored and glorified and lifted up. And God, that we would hear from you. That's what we need. Help us to hear your voice through the preaching right now. And God, make us better as a result of it. That's what we desire. That's what we want. We pray that you would do that for each and every young man in the room right now. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you guys for standing. Guys, in this passage, uh, David and his men are traveling back home. They are approaching the city, and as they get to the city and get closer to the city, they encounter insurmountable trouble. At this point in David's life, guys, he hit rock bottom. What would he do in this most crucial of times in his life? Guys, would he have a friend to encourage him? Would he go to his family to comfort him? Would he have some preacher that would come and, and give him the jolt and the boost that he needed? Can I tell you, none of those things was available to David at this point. The end of verse number six, though, says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Mm -hmm. Guys, in the midst, and I'll try to go into it in just a moment and describe it to you, but in the midst of just overwhelming trouble that hit David's life, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he had nobody to turn to, but it says he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. You know what he did? David preached to himself. Guys, I'm thankful for the abundant opportunities that we have. I'm thankful that we do things like this with you guys every year, whether we go on a trip far away or we have it kind of close to home like we are this year. I'm thankful for the Teen Boys Retreat. I think God has spoken to us the last few years. Those of you that have gone, um, guys, we have a lot of opportunities around here. I mean, we got messages Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You got your classes um, your Sunday school classes. We have, you know, activities monthly and we got youth conference and we take trips here. Guys, many of you have been to multiple things just this year, just in the last few months, right? You've gone to North Carolina, you've gone to this conference, that conference, you heard this preaching and that preaching, and it's all good. And I think you should soak up all of it that you can. I think it's awesome. But can I tell you, there's a danger within that of dependence, there's a danger of overly depending upon it. Can I, can I tell you this? There's going to be times in your life, guys, that no youth conference is going to be a couple of days from now that you can go to and get strengthened. Okay? There's going to be times that you face something in your life where it's very difficult. It slaps you out of nowhere. It's hurting, and, and you don't know where to turn, and there's no big-name preacher that's coming in town the next day to lift you up and to give you a boost. 
That's not going to happen at times. You know what you need to do? You need to learn to go to God yourself and get the help that you need. Listen, we need that, Warren, young men. Again, don't take me wrong. I'm not against any conference, any preacher, any opportunity that you have to get a boost and to get that help that you need. We all need it. We all need more of it. I would say every opportunity that you can go to to get that kind of stuff, go for it. But guys, can I tell you, there's going to be times where that stuff is nowhere to be found. And what are you going to do? Can I tell you what some guys do when life gets tough, when Christianity gets hard, like Brother Jamal was talking about earlier, when some of those storms slap into your life and hit you out of nowhere? You know what some guys do? Man, I'm so discouraged. It's just not worth it anymore. And it happens all the time. Can I tell you what you need to learn to do? Preach to yourself when no one else is around, when no one else is going to uplift you, when no one else is going to encourage you, when no one else is going to come by and put uh, pat you on the back and say, you're doing a good job. Stay at it. It's okay. They're not going to comfort you. Listen, that's going to happen every one of us at times in our life. It may be at home. It may be during the school year this year coming up. It may be uh, different occasions in your life, guys, but it happens all the time. Are you willing and are you ready to preach to yourself? I think that's what David did here in 1 Samuel 30. I want to get into the points. First of all, I want you to note, first of all, guys, the massive trouble that he faced. Guys, I will get into all this, but out of nowhere, his life went from pretty good to, oh my goodness, what is going on? Out of nowhere, it hit him. Verse number three, it says, so David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were taken captives. What? What? That happened within several hours, guys, just a handful of hours. They're away. They're trying to go to battle. They're coming back. And all this massive trouble hits them out of nowhere. Can you imagine these guys as David and his men of war, these soldiers come back and it says um, they came back to the city. Guys, can I tell you the sight as they're approaching the city? Can you imagine this? They're coming back from, from being out to war, from being out to battle. They're coming back home. Guys, the city was burned with fire. What does that tell you? I tell you probably miles out they could see the smoke. Mm-hmm. They could probably smell it. Yeah. If you're anywhere close to a fire or not even that close to a fire, you can smell it. Mm-hmm. They're out there probably miles away. And some of the guys say, do you see that up there? What's going on? Guys, they probably perceived it. And then there was probably panic. Can I tell you probably what happened once they saw that and they say, hold on. That's our hometown. That's where we live. Can I tell you, these guys probably, at least some of them, if not all of them, probably took off running as fast as they could. Just in pandemonium of frenzy, they're running back there. Is my wife okay? Are my children okay? Is the house still there? What in the world is going on? Can you imagine their minds racing and they have no clue what's going on? The site that they approached. And guys, what had happened back in verse number one, it says it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag. That's the name of the city. On the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Their enemy came, the sneaking adversary came when they were off to war, guys, and they had invaded their city, taken captive their families, and burned down their city while they were away. Can I remind you, our enemy does not play fair. He does not play fair. Listen, he will hit you where you're weak. He will hit you when you're vulnerable. You say, I've been struggling. Can I tell you the devil comes after you even more when you're struggling? He's not going to lighten up on you. He's not going to take it easy on you. He's not going to take a step back and say, oh, Will's been having a tough time recently. I'm going to give him a little rest. That's not how the devil works. 
He's unmerciful. He comes at you. If you've been struggling already, he's going to try to take you out. You remember Peter, right? Peter denying the Lord. Bam, bam, bam. These temptations keep coming at him. Why? I think the devil is trying to finish him right there once and for all. The sight that they approach, the sneaking adversary. Hey, guys, when you're weak, the devil's coming after you. When you're vulnerable, the devil's coming after you. When you leave things unguarded and unprotected, the devil's coming after you. These guys are out to war. They're not doing anything wrong necessarily. They come back home. Oh, my goodness. My life is destroyed. Everything's devastated. The sneaking adversary. That's how the devil works. And they come back to this city. This city, city is smoldering. Talks about the city is burned with fire. Guys, can you imagine all their possessions? Everything they work for, gone. It's charred. It's, it's ashes now. And guys, probably the most important thing, the snatching of those that were adored, their wives, their sons, their daughters, taken captive. And can I tell you, the Israelites right here did not know that their families were still alive. Kevin, if you go home, your whole family's gone. What do you think? They're dead. I'm never going to see them again. I'm sure that's what they thought. The smoldering architecture, they go back home, it's all burned to the ground. Those they love, those they adore are gone. They have no clue what happened to them. And guys, get this. Verse number four, then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Guys, they cried so much they couldn't cry anymore. There were no more tears coming out. And guys, this is 600 men. These are 600 tough men. These are soldiers. These are hardened warriors. These are not soft guys. They're there and they are just weeping and crying. Can, guys, you ever hear uh, a grown man cry? I'm talking about weeping and wailing. It's, it's something hard for me to take when I, somebody I care about and I see them doing that. It just, it almost doesn't sound right or real. You're thinking, is this really happening? Can you imagine 600 men doing it? The sorrow was abundant, guys. It was overwhelming, the outpouring. They cried so much, they had no more tears to come out. They were so drained by this. And guys, can I tell you, sometimes when you're going through trouble, um, people will lash out at you unfairly. You know what they did? Verse number six. David was greatly distressed. By the way, before I jump into this, David was affected too. The verse before that tells us um, his wives were taken. David was affected too. He wasn't left out of it. But verse number six, David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him. What? It wasn't his fault, right? But the people spake of stoning him, killing him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. Can I tell you guys, sometimes when people are hurting They'll hurt you for no good reason. And let's be careful with that when that happens with us. Sometimes when stuff is bothering you, you'll lash out at people that don't deserve it. And that's what happened here, the spoken attack. I mean, Kevin, if one of the soldiers thought this, that's bad enough. If a bunch of them thought it, that's a bigger problem. Well, they thought it so much that people were talking about it. Elijah, if that happens to me, I'm getting a little worried. Little Tom, man, we need to kill him. You said what? That's not okay. The massive trouble that he... Can I remind you guys, this happened within just a few hours. And the massive trouble that hit his life. Hey, Brother Jamal preached about it earlier. Sometimes trouble is going to hit your life. And guys, you don't get a warning before. You don't get a letter in the mail saying, the next seven days, some trouble will come into your life. 
it hits you and it hits you and it hits you and it hits you out of nowhere. You remember Job, right? The guy comes up to him and talks about this problem in his life. He's not even done talking yet. The next servant comes up with more bad news. He's not even done talking yet. The next guy comes up. One, two, three, four, five. If I'm, if I'm you know, Job, I'm saying, you're all fired. You know, you're out of here. I don't want to hear no more bad news. I've heard enough already. You know what? Sometimes life is like that and it's hard. Yeah. And it's hard. The massive trouble, point number two, the motivational talk. So you set the scene there. His, his family's gone. The people want to kill him. The city's burned to the ground. They have no clue where their families are or if they're even still alive. Verse number six at the end, it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Guys, at that moment, there was no one else to encourage him. No one else. The motivational talk, David encouraged himself. Guys, he didn't look to anybody else because there was no, no one else at that point. He was in deep despair, guys. It says he was greatly distressed. That word distressed, it means he was pressed. He was like in a narrow place, um, um, in a strait. It's like this trouble was just pushing in on him and crushing him. And if that didn't crush him, then stones would have crushed him, right? This was major trouble that he was facing. Hey, guys, you ever face stuff like that where it's like, man, this pressure is just on me all the time and it's giving me a headache. It's just, it's just wearing me out. It's hard to even breathe. It's hard to even relax. It's hard to get my mind off it. That's where David was. The motivational talk. He was in deep despair. He was desperate of, he was uh, in desperate need of support and comfort and counsel. Kevin, he needed a prophet to show up. He needed somebody to be there to put it, put their arm around and say, David, it's okay. It's not your fault. Keep doing right. Keep serving God. It'll work out. It's okay. Can I tell you, there was no prophet coming. There was no parent coming. There was no mentor coming. There was nobody that trained him to come and to lift him up. Listen, he was in desperate need of that. But there was no one to be found. He didn't have anybody. Guys, can I tell you, we often depend on this from other people. We're struggling. We're down. We're, we're kind of uh, low in our spirits. And we're thinking, man, I sure hope when I show up Sunday, pastor will have a, have a good message that will lift me up. And guys, can I tell you, I understand that. That's a good part. That's a good point and a good thing that we have. But can I tell you, pastor's not always going to be with us. There's going to be times you have to face these things yourself. And listen, Bible college is great and the chapels are great. And, and, and you guys in school, you have chapels and you have these different opportunities. You have youth conferences, you have trips. That's all good. But how about when those things are not coming soon? What are you going to do? Is your Christianity going to lag? Are you going to fall off? Are you going to get lazy with it and say, man, it's just not worth it anymore? Can I tell you, it's just as much worth it to live for God right now as it's ever been, ever been. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not based on how we feel. It's not based on if everything's good or if everything's bad. Serving God is worth it all the time. But he had a motivational talk. Guys, we often depend on it. Aiden, I'm struggling, man. I've been letting a certain uh, uh, recurring and besetting sin in my life. But man, I tell you, when we have our next youth conference, man, I may be ready then. Guys, can I tell you, you can't wait that long. Man, we're going to have a, I sure hope pastor has a, has a, has a big, important Sunday coming pretty soon, man, because I'm struggling right now. Guys, you can't wait that long. You can't wait that long. You got to be able to motivate yourself. Hey, guys, when none of your friends around you seem to be living right, you got to motivate yourself and keep yourself going and keep driving yourself saying it is worth it. Hey, guys, if every young guy that you know is clicking on porn, can I tell you, you need to tell yourself 
No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep my mind pure. I'm not going to lay my hand on a girl. And it is a sin if I if I uh, look on a woman to lust after her. I made a, a, a covenant in my heart that I would not think upon a maid. It's still worth it, guys. Don't let those things happen in your life. Man, it's discouraging. You think he was not discouraged? Mm-hmm. Guys, it was hard for him. This, this stuff was just pounding his life one thing after the other out of nowhere. And now he's saying, I got to encourage myself. Guys, naturally, all these problems hitting his life, guys, it's natural to get discouraged. It's natural to say it's not worth it. It's natural to just crawl up in a ball and say, I don't want to deal with it anymore. We all understand how that feels. But guys, you can't do that. Hey, guys, when you haven't gotten anything out of your Bible in a few days, are you going to stay with it? Hey, when your prayer life is dry and dead, are you going to keep going with it? Hey, guys, I'm glad we're doing this right now. I'm glad we have youth conference. I'm glad for the trips we take. And all that's great and good. But when it's not so emotional, are you going to stay with it? Mm-hmm. When it's not in a frenzy, when we don't have an, alt, uh, uh, an auditorium of 2,000 people wanting to serve God, are you going to stay with it? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, when you get back into school and maybe some of your schoolmates do not want to do right, are you going to keep doing right? And by the way, you guys are young and that's that's fine. That's where God has you in your life right now. But you're not always going to have your parents say, did you read your Bible? Mm -hmm. And watching over you and trying to guide you. It's a blessing now. And by the way, guys, take advantage of that blessing now. Be appreciative of that blessing now. Because can I tell you, as you get older, it gets harder to live for God. Be thankful that they care for you and be thankful that they're trying to guide you. But David's in a place where he can't depend on anyone else. He didn't have anybody. Guys, he couldn't go to his family. His family wasn't there. He couldn't go to some preacher. They weren't there. Guys, he couldn't depend on his friends, the guys he went to battle with. They're trying to kill him. David had no one else to go to, but he motivated himself. You know what it said? He encouraged himself. The word means to counsel. He, I think he literally spoke to himself. You say, yeah, you talk to yourself, that's a little, that's not a good sign. In this thing, it is a good sign. It is a good thing. Hey, guys, do you ever tell yourself, hey, I, I do this stuff from time to time. There's, there's a temptation coming your way. Do you ever say, you are not going to look at that? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, we need to be about that. Right. Hey, you get discouraged giving out tracks, you say, come on, man, stay with it. Mm-hmm. Is the gospel real or not? Does it change people or not? Do you believe it or not? You don't have to yell it to yourself. Then there might be a problem. People are like, he okay? Yes! You know? <laughs> calm down, calm down. No. But guys, do you ever motivate yourself? Hey, guys, we'll do that in basketball and football and baseball, but in our Christian lives, oh, no, that's weird. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Listen, sometimes I get it. You miss a shot, you say, come on, keep shooting, keep going, keep going. Guys, sometimes you get that from your teammates, but sometimes you need to tell yourself that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, in the Christian life, we need it so much more. We got too many guys quitting. You hear me? Got too many guys quitting. And that's when they're 15, 16, 17, 18. But it's also when they're 23 and 24 and 25. I'm telling you, we don't have enough guys, young guys that are strong, solid Christians. Listen, there's going to be times where it gets discouraging. I feel it too. I feel it too. We all do. But guys, are you going to motivate yourself and say, I am not going to quit on this thing? Hey, guys, we were, some of you guys, we were talking about it last night. After all that Jesus has done for us, are we going to quit on him that easily? Guys, he literally died on the cross for us in our place. That's what we deserve. An eternity in hell. And he took that for you. And you're going to roll out on him that easily? Well, you know, it's not as fun as it used to be. Hey, guys, we need to be more committed. I'm not trying to slap you around or be mean. But we need to be more committed to him. 
It gets discouraging, but are you going to motivate yourself and encourage yourself? Say, no, it's worth it. Kevin, it's worth it for you to keep living for God. Ethan, it's worth it for you to keep living for God. Thomas, Aiden, all you got. It's worth it for us to keep living for God. But sometimes you're not going to have a preacher telling you that. You're going to be by yourself. You're going to be on the, on, on the job site. You're going to be at school and everybody's doing wrong and making fun of you for doing right. You've got to motivate yourself. Tell yourself it's worth it. Memorize some verses that remind you that it is still worth it to serve God. No matter what anyone else says. He had a drive, a determination. Guys, he gave himself a pep talk. He pumped himself up. He pushed himself. He urged himself. He, he pressed on by his own accord. And guys, he had some grit, some guts, and he kept grinding with it. He said, I'm not going to give up. Guys, he very well could have given up. He says he encouraged himself. The massive trouble, the motivational talk, point number three, the meaningful truth. Now, he didn't just say over there, say, David. Come on, David, you're the man. Come on, David. I know you can take this, David. Yes, yes, I can do No, because David is nothing in and of himself, and we are nothing in and of ourselves. What does it say? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Did he have to motivate himself and push himself? Yes, but you know what it was tied to? Truth, and truth about his God. That's what it has to be about. Because listen, if I'm just doing it because I think Tom can do it, Tom's going to fall. And same for you. If you just say, no, man, you can overcome this. No, you can't in your own power, but you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. So you got to tie it to meaningful truth. That's what it has to be built on. That's what it has to be based on, guys. Listen, I'm not just saying, Anthony, you can do it. You can do it. I know you, Anthony. You bad, Anthony. That's not what I'm saying, because it's not about your ability. It's about God's ability. And guys, God didn't save you to be a failure. God didn't save you and do all that he's done in your life to quit on you now and just say, no, you're just going to fail at this age in your life. I do not believe that for one second. Yeah. And guys, if he's done all these things in your life, he saved you, he's changed you, he's helped you make decisions. Do you really think he brought you all this way and then say, I'm going to quit in 2023? Mm. I do not believe that. Right. I do not believe that for one second. Our God is faithful and he's going to help us every day. But sometimes we got to push through some things. The meaningful truth. You know what I think David did when it says he encouraged himself and the Lord, his God? I think there was some reminders of previous times. First of all, in truth that he learned and that he taught. And number two, in triumphs that God had helped him through other trials that he faced. Guys, you know about David. Killed Goliath, right? He killed a lion and a bear. He'd been through all these battles before. He, he had faced many adversaries before. Hello, he had run from Saul for years and years and years, and God protected him, right? And God brought him through that at this point in his life. The triumphs that, he's had, that God had brought him through. Guys, remember some of the tough things that God has brought you through. Remember when you were struggling with a particular sin and God helped you overcome that. That wasn't you. That wasn't just you were smarter or you were wiser. God helped you through that. Remember when your family was going through a difficult time and you didn't know what was going to happen. God brought you through that. You really think he's going to stop now? I think David had to remind himself. He probably had to remind himself, David, you really think you beat Goliath on your own? You really think you killed that lion and that bear on your own? You really think you evaded Saul just because you were sneaky and you were slick? No, God helped you. And he had to remind himself of these things. And also, God, guys, can I tell you, I think he had to remind himself of some truths that he's learned before. Guys, time out. I think our spiritual knowledge is very high for the most part. But sometimes, Ethan, we don't live up to that anywhere close. Yeah. We know a lot. And I'm saying the majority of us, we know a lot. I mean, if we were say, hey, if any guy here, I would say, hey, tell me this story in the Bible. 
you could probably run off that thing and give me a lot of details of it and give me the main point of it and blah, 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 blah. blah. But sometimes in our lives, when trouble hits us, Chris, it's like we don't know the answer for, to anything. Mm-hmm. Trouble smacks into us, and then we're like, should we keep serving God? Uh, I don't know. Come on, guys. We got to do, I got to do better. We got to do better than that. Hey, guys, the truths that we've learned and that we've taught. Hello. Some of us can get up in front of class and preach to other people, but it's time when we face difficulties, we preach to ourselves. Because, yeah. Kevin, sometimes we can say, you need to do right. So do I. Mm-hmm. So do I. Yeah. And guys, I get it. In church, it's emotional. We get that push and that buzz. Yeah! And sometimes it's total opposite when you're mm-hmm. by yourself. But can I tell you, it's not about the emotions. It's about what is true. And God's word is true. And God is true. And he will not quit on us. The reminders of previous times. Hey, guys, the stuff that God has taught you, Ethan, believe it yourself. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you, if you can preach to other people, preach to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you preach to other people that they, that young guys, that they need to stay pure, we need to stay pure. Yeah. If guys, if we preach to other people, Anthony, we need to be soul winners. I need to be a soul winner, mm-hmm. and I need to push myself with that and not get lazy with it. Hey, guys, read your Bible. I better read my Bible. Guys, this is what it's all about. And I'm not trying to bash you or bang you. I'm just saying, if it's good enough to preach it to other people, it's good enough to preach it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. The reminders of previous times, guys. Sometimes we've learned these things. God has taught these precious truths to us, and then we face a problem, and we don't know where to turn. We've taught it to other people, but then we forget it in those crucial moments. Hey, David was the man that wrote in the Bible, the Lord is my shepherd. David was the man that said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Hello, David. You remember that? I think he's reminding himself. David's preaching to himself. It's almost like he's saying, David, talking to himself. David, you remember those times? Is that true or not? Do you believe that or not? If it's good enough to preach it to other people and write it to other people, it's good enough to believe it yourself. Guys, let me just say, God's not just good during the youth conferences. God's not just good during the big services. God's not just good at new manna. He can be good to you every single day. But we got to keep going after it and not get lazy with it. Hey, he's the the guy that wrote in the Bible, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I think he needed to be reminded of that right now. Because I get it. Life was turning upside down on him in a hurry. It was not, listen, David didn't come home singing and smiling and, and, and skipping along that day. Life just beat him down mercilessly. I get it. But you know what? God's still good in the middle of that. David was the one to say, uh, uh, I've been young, now I'm old yet. Have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread? He's saying he'll delight. Uh, he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Hey, guys, sometimes we fall. But you know what? God will lift us up if we'll keep trying to do right. He's not going to quit on us. Let's not quit on him. The meaningful truth. Hey guys, this message is about this. Life is going to smack you around sometimes. You've got to push yourself. Hey, going to public school, it's going to be hard. He knows that. Let's keep pushing ourselves. It's worth it. It's worth it for you not to have a dirty mind like all your classmates. It's worth it for you not to look at the girls when they're walking by. Mm -hmm. It's worth it for you not to say the filthy words that all the other guys talk about and all the dirty jokes. It's worth it. But can I tell you, Chris, you're not going to have me following you around at your at your school this year. Mm-hmm. Thomas, I can't go to your job every day and check on you. Listen, that's not my job. You know what? I got to watch myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? But we've got to do it to ourselves, guys. Mm-hmm. You're not always going to have your parents watching over and your teachers and your mentors. You need to preach to yourself. 
Right. Say, it is worth it. It is worth it. And the reality of his person, he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Listen, God's still powerful. God still exists. He's all that he ever has been. He has not lost a step. And it says the Lord his God. The relationship was personal. Do you have a personal relationship with God? Listen, we had our testimonies earlier talking about when we met the Lord. That's a great day. That's a great day when that happened. Listen, it's not just a theory we're talking about. It's not just some weird experience. Guys, this is the day you met the Lord that died for you, that, that gave his life so that you could go to heaven. Guys, that's what it's all about. And guys, that's when you met him. But guys, every day you should be talking to him and have him speak to you through his word and change you and change your character and change who you are to be more like him. It's a relationship that's personal. Hey, is he your God? And because of that, you should remain persistent. You should remain persistent. Guys, the Bible says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. God will keep us and give us that peace and that calm to persevere through life's trials if we'll keep our minds focused on him. This is uh, another king in the Old Testament. He faced a very overwhelming army that was coming after him. He was vastly outnumbered. This is 2 second, uh, uh, second Chronicles 20, verse 12. He's praying to God. He says, God, we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But, you know, he says, but our eyes are upon thee. That was Jehoshaphat. Listen, he's saying, God, I don't have any plans to figure this out. I don't have any physical strength to beat this enemy. But you know what, God? I'm trusting you. Mm -hmm. Guys, that's what it needs to be. We can exhaust our energies and our efforts. But at the end of the day, we need to look to the Lord. The massive trouble. That'll hit you sometimes. You need to give yourself a motivational talk and say, it is worth it. Don't you quit. Don't you back off. And by the way, this hits home personally to me, and hopefully it will for the rest of y'all. I've been preaching this stuff for quite a while now, guys. You know what? I've been preaching it for this long. I don't plan on quitting anytime soon with God's help. Amen. Kevin, if it was good back in 2010, 2015, 2020, it's still good today. Amen. And I want to keep living it. And listen, it was good when I was a single young man. It was good when it was just me and my wife. It's good now that we got a child in the home. Listen, right. and when he's 10 years old and a teenager and then an adult, Lord, help me, pray for me, all right? But when all that kind of stuff comes, it's still good and it's still true. Amen. And I don't want to change it. When things change in your life, guys, when things change in your life, God does not change. Right. Do we realize that? Yeah. I think sometimes as time goes along, well, this happened and I wasn't really expecting this. So, you know, my, my, uh, we get all fancy. My perspective, my viewpoint on God has changed. No, you've changed. God hasn't changed. And if your viewpoint's wrong, you get in the book and get it lined up. But you, but you compromising and adapting to the world is not a, a more mature version of your viewpoint of God. It's you compromising. Yeah. It's you lowering the standard, not keeping it where it should be. And sometimes we lie to ourselves about that kind of stuff. Let's remain persistent. The massive trouble, the motivational talk. Are you going to motivate yourself this year? When school gets tough, when school's beating you down and it's hard to read your Bible, it's hard to pray, it's hard to keep. Listen, what if your best friend lowers his standards, doesn't live for God anymore? Are you going to stay at it? Mm -hmm. It happens. I wish it didn't. I wish every guy that came to the altar during youth conference kept their decisions, but they don't. How about you? That's good. How about you? Hey guys, was it true when God spoke to your heart about it back then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is it still true now? And if it is, are you still working on it? Are you still doing it? Because if not, Kevin, we can get all emotional. 
man, that song they were singing, and man, all my friends were crying. And then two weeks later, we don't even remember what we said to God. Hmm. Let's not be like that. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. I get it. It does get emotional. Things happen. But it's the truth that we build our lives on. Right. The massive trouble, motivational talk, the meaningful truth. Build it on the character of God, who he is, and what he's called you to do, and what his word says. And then, guys, I'll run through this one. But point number four, the manifest tenacity. Listen, we can motivate ourselves saying, Ethan, stay in it. Ethan, keep living right. You keep living for God. You don't give in. You don't compromise. You don't turn off the track. You, it's worth it. You stay in it. And you do it connected to God's truth. But you know what? We still got to do something about it. And that's what David did the rest of this chapter, the manifest tenacity. First of all, he had a seeking devotion. Verse number seven says David called the priest. His name was Abiathar the priest. Ahimelech's son, he says, I pray thee, bring hither the ephod. Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. This was a way back in that day, this was like the priest's coat, but it was a way for them to discern the will of God. You know what, guys? We don't have to ask for the priest's coat anymore. We got it right here. Amen. God's given us the truth. Yeah. So, guys, if your life has been off track, you faced all this trouble, you're trying to motivate yourself, and you're saying, God, I need your help, please. You know what you need to do, first of all? Seek his direction in, his, in, in this book. And you know how you do that? Day after day after day after day. God, show me, show me, show me, show me. That's what David did. And then God gave him sure direction. Verse number eight, David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? So he's saying, God, the army that came and wiped us out, should I go after them? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, pursue, go after them. Thou shalt surely overtake them without fail, recover all. God gave him direction. Hey, guys, if you want God to give you direction, ask him. Mm -hmm. Ask him. God, I need to know. Then ask him. God, I don't know what to do. Then ask him. And when he shows you, have some assurance in what he said. When God tells you the truth, believe it, stand on it. And then, guys, get aggressive. When God told David, get after him, you know what he did? He got aggressive. Mm -hmm. Immediately, right after that, Verse number nine, first three words, so David went. He got after it. Some of us are like, Lord, what do you want me to do? God shows us. All right, that's interesting, Lord. Are you sure? <laughs> Let's stop all that garbage. And when yeah. God shows us, get after it. Right. God, you showed me that my music is, is, is wicked. I thank you, Lord, for giving me that spiritual insight. But God, I'm just going to keep listening to it to, to, to really convince myself of how horrific it is. That's ridiculous. If God told you to stop watching that show, stop watching it. Yeah. If God told you to stop hanging around them friends, get away from them. And if God told you to start soul winning or preaching or singing in church or whatever it may be, get after it. Giving out more tracts, let's do something about it. Yeah. That's our problem a lot of times. God spoke to me. How's your life changed? Not really at all, but God spoke to me. That doesn't help us. Got to do something about it. God gave him direction. And then he got aggressive after it. And guys, get this. God gives them direction, shows them exactly where this army is hanging out. Verse number 16. Can I say David uh, surprised and interrupted their party just, just a tad? That's kind of what happened. Verse number 16. When he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth. This is the Amalekites. Eating and drinking and dancing because of the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of Philistines and out of the land of Judah. <laughs> Can you imagine this, guys? These guys are partying. The ones that wiped out their city. They find where they are. They find the location. They, they follow the trail. They find them there. These guys are out there eating and drinking and dancing. And they're rejoicing in all the spoil, all the stuff that they had wiped out from these cities. Uh, David, you know, comes up to them and says, excuse me, I'm going to break up your party. 
All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt this thing real quick. And guys, he surprised them right in the middle of their drunken party. And then here's the conclusion of the whole thing. Verse number 17, David smote them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Guys, that's from the evening of one day to the evening of the next day. This boy is getting after it. And there escaped not a man of them, save 400 young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Wow. Mm. Guys, that's some story, right? Yeah. How did it happen, though? Guys, when he was in uh, the worst moment of his life, everything fell apart. He's at rock bottom. He's saying, where can I turn? Can't turn to my family. They're not here. Can't turn to my parents. I can't turn to the preacher. I can't turn anywhere, it seems. He motivated himself. He, he could have, couldn't have gone to his friends. They're trying to kill him. Where can he go to, to get encouragement? Can I tell you, there was no youth conference coming by. There was no big name preacher coming by. There was, listen, there was none of that stuff. David encouraged himself. He motivated himself to keep going. And he built it on the truth of God, that there is a God our God has all the power that he's ever had. He's just as wise as he's always been. Listen, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. He's saying, and he's my God, and I'm going to stay after it. He seeks him. God gives him direction. God shows him right where to find them. He interrupts their party, and God has him recover everything that they lost and some on top of that. Guys, that's an amazing story. But you know what? The turning point of the whole thing, David had to encourage himself. Guys, you will face some times in your life. Everything around you will be discouraging. Everything. There's going to be some times in ministry, it's not working out the way you want to. You get up and preach to people, and they're like, so? You try to pick up people, nobody comes. You try to soul win, they don't want to hear it. And you're thinking, what in the world? Guys, can I tell you? And there's going to be sometimes your friends don't understand. They can't help you. Your family don't understand. And you know what? Listen, I just experienced I, I thank God for my wife. I thank God for our marriage. But there's going to be times in your marriage, guys, that won't do anything either. And you're just thinking, Lord, what am I doing right now? We think, no, once I get to that point, everything's going to be, you know, we're going to be dancing through the lily fields, whatever that means, you know. It'll just be wonderful. Bliss. Can I tell you, there's, there's great times, but there's also sometimes it's like, man, this is hard. Hey guys, what are you going to do? Is it going to get too hard and we just roll out and say, you know what, it's not worth it anymore? Are we going to say, you know what, God, it's still worth it. It doesn't feel worth it right now, but it's still worth it. You said my labor's not in vain. You said I shouldn't be weary and well-doing. God, I'm going to stay after it. Are you going to encourage yourself? And are you going to build it on the truth of God? And then are you going to do something about it? That's what it has to be, guys. Listen, God can bring you victory out of those discouragements. God, as Brother Jamal was talking about, God can grow us through the storms. But guys, if we quit halfway through the storms, we're not getting any better. We're getting worse. Guys, are you, when things get discouraging, when no friends help you, when no one around seems to be available to help you at that moment, are you going to preach to yourself? I hope you do. I hope you do. Hey, Every encouragement, every mentor you have, every conference, every big name preacher, thank God, thank God, thank God. But you know what? Sometimes they're not going to be available. Yeah. But you know what? You still have a God, and he's your God. And you know what? You need to go to him, and you need to remind yourself of what that God has done for you, and that he's not going to quit on you now. You, sir, need to preach to yourself. All right, let's bow our